1: Is Bill Press and friends on the District Productive Network?
2: This story about Russian hacking and what they were trying to do is absolutely incredible. Look, I read a lot of books, and I every year. And one of my favorite kinds of books are spy novels. I love spy novels. Uh, You know, you give me uh, Daniel Silva. Uh, and I'm very, very happy. You give me the greatest of all, John le Carré, I'm very happy. I'm reading another Ted Bell spy novel right now. I love that genre of fiction, international spy novels, but nobody, none of the best, ever wrote a spy novel as as real and as scary as the one that we learned about this weekend, and it's for real. And the thing, the, The plot is that the Russian government interferes in an American election to tip the scales on behalf of one candidate to make sure that their favorite candidate gets elected. And guess what? They succeed and here's the worst of it. They get away with it and nobody does anything about it. That's what we are living through, friends, and it is scary as hell. Look, it was bad enough when the Supreme Court tipped the scales for George W. Bush in 2000 and stopped the recount in Florida and said, no, we're going to decide. We're not going to let the people of Florida decide. Yeah, but that was at least our own Supreme Court, right? (laughs) This This is a damn Russian government. And I think you—I don't know how you could miss it this weekend, but just in case you did. So back in the summer, when suddenly there was some hacking of DNC emails, and it came out that the DNC, who were supposed to be neutral in this primary, were actually helping Hillary Clinton and trying to undermine Bernie Sanders. And people said, whoa, whoa man, this is bad news, but whoa, how do these emails get out there? Well, so somebody was hacking into the DNC emails— and they said, you know, it could have been Russia. could have been Russia. Uh, okay. Then, then, later, the Clinton campaign itself, particularly emails of their chairman, John Podesta, are starting being released by WikiLeaks. But WikiLeaks wasn't doing the hacking. So then the question again was, who's doing the hacking? And at that time, 17, this is last September, 17 intelligence agencies concluded, they they very seldom agree on anything, 17 intelligence agencies got together, and they looked at the evidence, they all concluded that Russia, the Russian government was probably involved in hacking the the, uh, Clinton campaign emails and giving them to WikiLeaks in order to undermine, they said at the time, to undermine confidence in the American political system. In other words, just to create confusion to create a little bit of chaos. All right, now, again, nobody did anything. The White House didn't do anything. They told the Congress. The Congress didn't do anything. Last week, it gets even worse. Last week, the CIA goes to front in front of the leadership of Congress, and the CIA reports that they have concluded, based on all the evidence, that the Russian government was, in fact, interfering in this election, not just to sow confusion. They were interfering in this election in order to help elect Donald Trump. They were putting their finger on the scale. They were trying to tip the scale, tip the balance in favor of Donald Trump. And what happened? Well, way back we found out now when the, the CIA first said, that, remember, I mentioned the White House. What did the White House do? The White House did nothing until a couple of days ago. Way back when the intelligence agency said, we think they're trying to sow confusion, the Congress said, no, we're not going to do anything. Mitch McConnell said, I don't believe it. And they buried it, did nothing. And now we know they were actually trying to influence the outcome of the election because they wanted Donald Trump to be president, and they got their way. And at this point now, President Obama has said, I want a complete investigation, a complete investigation, and I want it by January 20 before I leave office. Well, you know, it's about time. The Congress is still not done anything. A couple of members of Congress have called for four members, actually, four senators, two Democrats, two Republicans. Chuck Schumer, Jack Reed from Rhode Island, John McCain and Lindsey Graham have called for a complete non-partisan investigation into this to find out exactly what happened and then to hold Russia accountable. Here's John McCain yesterday. If we got him.
1: Yeah. Clear the Russians uh, interfered. Now, whether they intended to uh, interfere to the degree that they were trying to elect a certain candidate, I think that's the subject of investigation.
2: Right. So, no action by Congress so far, but talk about an independent investigation. And by the way, can I just add, if there's anything that should be nonpartisan, if there's anything that should be bipartisan, it should be an investigation into whether or not a, a foreign government, I don't care what foreign government, whether it's China or Russia or North Korea, was trying to interfere in our democratic process in our election and influence that election. And by the way, God knows what influence they did have. It's impossible to measure. But at least let's get the intelligence agencies in and let's get the information and the evidence they have out there in front of the American people so we can decide. And so White House has finally called they launched their investigation. Congress is talking about one. How about Donald Trump? What does Donald Trump think about the fact that a foreign government has intervened, has tried to influence the outcome of this election? Donald Trump, is he going to take it seriously? Hell no. Here he is on Fox News with Chris Wallace.
1: I think it's ridiculous. I think it's just another excuse. Uh, I don't believe it. Uh, I don't know why. And uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, they talked about... uh, all sorts of things. Every week it's another excuse. We had a massive landslide victory, as you know, in the Electoral College. I guess the final numbers are now at 306, and she, you know, down to a very low number. Uh, no, I don't believe that at all.
2: Ridiculous. What do you mean, ridiculous? It would take us three hours just to pick that statement apart. First of all, he throws the CIA under the bus, right? He throws all of our intelligence agencies under the bus because he doesn't believe them. And by the way, that massive uh, electoral victory, no, he okay, he won the Electoral College, right? He lost a popular vote, let's be reminded, by over 2.5 million votes. But in terms of the last 10, I want to double-check that. In terms of the last 10, I read it this morning from E.J. Dion in the Washington Post. Uh, Donald Trump's margin of victory is like number 7. Which, we, it's no, not the highest. It's like number 7. Okay? Out of all of our elections, uh, yeah. I, I think oh, it's yeah. like 46 out of 54 Something like that, of presidential elections? I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's not the most massive... uh, It's not a landslide! No. All right, but he won, okay? I'm I'm not going to quibble over that. But the idea that what he's saying is the intelligence agencies don't know what the hell they're talking about. Let me ask you this. What do you think his reaction would have been if the CIA evidence showed that Russia was trying to tilt the scales in favor of Hillary Clinton? Can you imagine... Yeah, we'd be at war. That's what he would want. He would want war. First of all, he he would, of course, be still crying that the election was rigged, that the election was fixed. He would demand a recount. He would never accept the legitimacy of the election. So I wonder what we ought to do knowing that Russia was trying to tilt it in Donald Trump's favor. I think it—I know this is—I know this is— Uh, going out there, but I'll go there. I think this puts in question the entire legitimacy of the Trump election and the Trump presidency. And until we have that bipartisan, nonpartisan investigation, and until we know exactly what Russia did and what what influence they had, I'm not willing to accept Donald Trump as the legitimate next president of the United States. So we know now that Russia, hacking Russia, trying to influence this election. So what does Donald Trump do? He turns around and names one of Vladimir Putin's best friend. He hasn't yet, but it's pretty clear he's going to do so. The head of Exxon as the next Secretary of State, who is one of Vladimir Putin's best buddies and has done more drilling uh, bo- uh, more oil production in the in in Russia than uh, any other company. Uh, he's been awarded and honored by the Russian government. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, the, he's deep into the pockets he, of deep, Russia. Deep into the pockets of Russia. So you've got a president elect who praises Putin as a very strong leader, my kind of leader. Yeah, he's got a lot of control. In in Russia, Donald Trump says, yeah, of course he does. Yeah, he's a dictator. There's no democracy in Russia. He puts his political opponents in jail if he doesn't execute them, right? That's the kind of leader. So you've got Donald Trump praising Vladimir Putin and then appointing Putin's right-hand man in terms of the business community uh, as his next secretary of state. How then is the United States going to turn around and deal with Russia in terms of Syria or in terms of Ukraine or God knows what else Vladimir Putin's going to try to do now that he has succeeded, succeeded in having his man in the White House? What? I mean, I, it's, it's what a, didn't he get, right? I mean, whatever Vladimir Putin wanted, he got this election. Right. And this is just the beginning. Yeah. 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 I mean, how can Donald oh, Trump boy. stand up? How can he stand up to them now once he bends over and lets them take over the election? Yeah. Boy, I got to tell you. Uh, we turn back to the news of the day and what Congress might do about the uh, report the CIA made to them uh, that Russia was, in fact, interfering, hacking into our election system, not just to sow some confusion, but actually to try to influence the outcome of the election in favor of Donald Trump. Sungmin Kim covers the Congress for Politico and is kind enough to join us in studio this morning. Hi, Sungmin. Nice to see Good morning. you. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. Congress is Gone now, right? They are gone. And they did not yeah. shut down the government on their way out?
0: Thankfully, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost did. But, almost yeah.
2: did, right. And it was the, the, the conflict came in the Senate right at the yeah. very end over a couple of issues, minors, pensions. Money for Flint Michigan mm-hmm. and maybe drought money in California yeah, yeah so
0: there are a couple of so there were two bills actually moving uh, in the last minute in the Senate so okay. one was the government funding bill needed to make sure the federal government doesn't shut down. And the second was this major sweeping water resources development bill um, that, and both had already passed the House. Now the more urgent yeah. one was the spending bill because the there would be a shutdown otherwise. But uh, um, but the water one, water measure was important as well because it contained that aid for Flint, Michigan. Uh-huh. And, okay. the pr- and the problem with that bill wasn't the Flint aid exactly, but there was a problems between the way that um, water policy for the state of California was structured so that actually actually created a clash between Barbara Boxer and Diane Dian Feinstein. Feinstein. Yeah, right. uh, Diane Feinstein did not attend a Barbara Boxer's farewell speech on the floor. <laughs> I don't know how uh, <laughs> intense it got there. Um, but there was also um, the lack of so-called Buy America provisions in the water development bill and that also got Senate Democrats a bit steamed about the measure. But Everything worked out. It passed very late or very early, uh, Saturday morning. um, So
2: both bills passed.
0: Both bills passed, yes.
2: So the money for Flint, Michigan did go through. Yes, it did. House and Senate.
0: House and Senate, yes. All right.
2: Good. We had our uh, good friend Congressman Dan Kildee yes, from Flint, yeah. Michigan, mm-hmm. in last week, mm-hmm. and it was still not certain it would pass. Yeah, because it was and wrapped how about up the miners' pensions?
0: So what happened? So that Joe was Joe Manchin. Part of the... I know was
2: planning on maybe shutting down the government yes. over that.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, so he. Uh, so that was the problem in the uh-huh. government funding bill, and uh, the the Trump administration had indicated to Congress that they want a short term resolution so they can kind of have their own stamp on government spending next year. So the current government funding now runs through the end of April. The problem that came, um, besides the fact that no one really likes these continuing resolution CRs, is a terrible yeah. way to operate the yeah. federal government. Yeah. All those points aside, um, what really got Joe Manchin and a lot of these other coal states, uh, Senate Democrats, really angry was that they felt there weren't enough sufficient um, provisions in there that dealt with minors' health care benefits and pensions. So basically, what happens is these benefits for Uh, Coal miner workers expires at December 31st. They've been getting notices that their health care benefits were disappearing, uh, uh, you know, three months in advance before they expire. So they've been getting these notices already Uh saying, you know, like, look, your benefits are going to disappear unless Congress does something. Mitch McConnell worked in uh, some provisions. So basically it would extend the health care benefits for four months, basically the length of the CR. And Joe Manchin, Sherrod Brown, (laughs) others demanded a much longer um, extension of benefits benefits, perhaps a year, they were looking at a bill that had actually passed on a bipartisan basis on the finance committee that took care of health care uh, benefits and also pension benefits. And they were willing to kind of keep us in suspense (laughs) Mm -hmm, until the end because what happens is that they didn't it didn't appear they had the votes to stop this yeah Uh, you would need 41 obviously in the senate but because of the way the timing worked out if you if you say i'm not going to agree to speed this vote up um uh, in a before the government shutdown deadline, then like the government funding could lapse for a few days.
2: But both bills passed. Both
0: bills passed, and yeah. so they're done. They're and done. Yeah, the they're out of here. <laughs> is uh,
2: chugging along at least for the next four months.
0: And then we'll see what kind of crisis we find ourselves <laughs> in mid- mid-April. Right. So
2: now the crisis of the moment is a uh, report last week by the CIA that the CIA, maybe not all the intelligence agencies, has concluded. All of them agree that Russia was involved in trying to influence the election, uh, or, or maybe so confused, in some way, maybe. maybe Originally, it was to sow confusion. Mm-hmm. The CIA has gone further and saying, no, no, no. They were just not trying to, s- to s- stir things up. They actually wanted to help Donald Trump win. Uh, at least, well, two Republicans, one led by John, McC- John McCain and-, and Lindsey Graham, Have said this requires some congressional action. Here is John
1: McCain. Clear the Russians uh, interfered. Now, whether they intended to uh, interfere to the degree that they were trying to elect a certain candidate, I think that's the subject of investigation.
2: And that investigation has been called on for by uh, McCain and Lindsey Graham and Chuck Schumer and Jack Reed. Mm -hmm. So, two Democrats, two Republicans. What are you hearing from members of Congress? Is there support across the board for this kind of an investigation?
0: Well, what's kind of interesting is that— Pardon
2: me if I can, just because we know that Donald Trump has said— Oh, it's ridiculous! He's we shouldn't it ridiculous.
0: even. Ridiculous. He's called it an excuse from Democrats. Yes. He has said uh, he said that on Fox News yesterday, and he also said in the um, the interview that uh, Time Magazine did for its Person of the Year feature. I think the quote was like, "It could have been Russia, it could have been China, it could have been some dude in his basement in New Jersey." Like he's he's really trying to cast out on the fact that the Russians were um, meddling in this election. But now you have these four senators, very right. you know, four powerful, influential voices in each of their parties. And what was interesting is you know that statement came out early. Sunday morning, early yesterday morning. Obviously, you had a lot of uh, senators on the Sunday shows talking, you know, just about the news of the week. And you had a, a few more voices come out and say, look, you know, I support their calls for an investigation. This should not be a partisan issue. So Rand Paul, um, who was on one of the shows yesterday, said, look, I, I support an investigation. I think we, this needs to be looked into. Um, I believe uh, James Langford tweeted yesterday, mm-hmm. who's a Republican from Oklahoma, that he supported the effort from these four from these four senators um and we'll see if more calls come out as the as the week goes but i think the fact that these four senators you know they made it a point to be like, this is, I mean, we're Republicans and Democrats. I mean, this is not, we're trying not to make this into a partisan issue. Um, we'll see how much that increases the pressure on other senators, particularly uh, Mitch McConnell, who's having uh, a news conference with us later today, where he will almost <laughs> be surely be asked about uh, the calls for an investigation, what he believes in terms of Russia's influence in the election and all the other related questions that we have.
2: All right. Isn't it true that if Mitch McConnell doesn't want an investigation, there will be no investigation.
0: Pretty much. I mean, in John what? McCain's ideal world, he talked yesterday about wanting even a select, official select committee to investigate this. Now, that would actually require a vote to set this up. Obviously, Mitch McConnell would have control over that. But I think um, it's it's he wouldn't d-
2: even allow a vote, right?
0: I, 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 we would have to ask him today to see what he says. But it's. I'm not quite sure what he will say when we ask him these questions later today, because obviously now very powerful voices in his party are talking yeah. about an investigation. But if you look over on the House side, we asked a Speaker Ryan about this yesterday or his aides about this. And he is you know, he also he said he his spokeswoman released a statement saying we, we agree that this, you know, cybersecurity issues, for, potential foreign interference is not a partisan issue. But he did not say he would support calls for an investigation, which I think is a very important note to distinguish, and maybe Mitch McConnell would go along Because he well. doesn't
2: want to cross Donald Trump. And I'm going to go back to, let's be, be totally crass about Mitch McConnell. His wife got a job from, right? She's the secretary of- She has been, of, she's
0: nominated for secretary of transportation. Transportation, yes,
2: right. Yeah. Okay. So there's no way Mitch McConnell's going to cross Donald Trump.
0: We'll see what he says later today.
2: I, I mean, to just be honest; he's not right.
0: And uh, that was, uh, and I, and one don't of the, trouble
2: take the job away from Elaine Show.
0: <laughs> one of the points that was made in that. Very explosive report by the Post last week when it talked about the CIA assessment was they had some details about a classified briefing that was attended by Mitch McConnell where he raised doubts
3: yes, on the veracity yes. of
0: these issues. Right. Now we've asked uh, Senator McConnell's office for a comment on that; they refused to say anything, citing the classified nature of the briefings. Um, but that's also something that he's going to so, have to face in the coming days. All
2: right, as well. so uh, take a break here, but well, let me just let me just sum up. I think what you're telling us that. We, the CIA now is saying, again, that Russia deliberately interfered in this election, cyber warfare, hacking, in order to influence the outcome, tip the scales on behalf of Donald Trump. And it's possible that the United States Congress will do nothing about it.
0: It is very possible, yes.
2: Put that in your pipe and smoke it. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Well, the big news we've been talking about all day, of course, is the news by the CIA, report by the CIA to the United States Congress that they have determined that Russia was indeed involved in uh, hacking uh, in order to not just to sow confusion uh, about this uh, presidential ele- this year's presidential election, but to actually tilt the scales in support of Donald Trump. That finally got some reaction from the White House. Josh Letterman covers the White House for Associated Press, sitting right in the middle of the front row every day, uh, and he's here to tell us all about it. Hello, Josh.
3: Hey, Bill. Great to be here.
2: Good to see you. Thank you. So
3: what is the White House doing about this, and who's leading it, and when's it all due? Well, the White House has been in a bit of a difficult position because they don't want to be seen as trying to exact retribution against Trump for his victory or to suggest uh, to play into the calls from a lot of Democrats to try to invalidate the election results or uh, somehow say that this was, you know, actually a Clinton win that was stolen from her. At the same time, Obama really doesn't want to be, you know missing in action when it comes to foreign interference in elections. So he's called for this investigation. He wants the results from the intelligence community before he leaves office on January 20th. It's a little unclear whether that is feasible on such a short time frame, or at least he can get the ball rolling. Uh, we're getting calls now, bipartisan calls on the mm-hmm. Hill for some type of a select committee or a congressional investigation. But I think what the president is trying to do is say, look, we're not going to sit quietly and just let Russia or another country interfere in our elections particularly given the concerns that Trump is not going to be as tough on on Russia as the Obama administration has been.
2: Uh, you mentioned Russia and we've been focusing on Russia at the at the press briefing, as you know, on Friday. Uh, Deputy Press Secretary Eric Schultz um, said it's uh, not going to be limited to that. Here he is. We'll be looking at um, all
1: foreign actors uh, in any attempt to interfere with the elections.
2: And just to reinforce your point, Eric went on to say we're not trying to invalidate the
1: election. So
3: we're not calling into question the election results. We are taking seriously our
1: responsibility to protect the integrity of those elections.
2: So uh, are there potentially other countries involved? I mean, its, it's focus has been right. exclusively
3: on Russia so far. There have been no indications from the administration or from the intelligence community that there's anyone else that was at hand here. Really, the only uh, suggestions of that have come from Trump and Republicans. Trump has said maybe it was China, maybe it was some guy in his bed in New Jersey. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, and we have uh, John Bolton, who was out over the weekend on another network, saying that maybe it was a false flag, basically implying that the Obama administration had hacked itself in order to blame it on Russia, which is not something that we see any evidence of. Right. Right.
2: you have to say, um, you know, the Obama administration, th- this first came to light with the DNC, hacking of the DNC emails, which led to the downfall of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. So, and even then, there was rumors that this was Russia right. was, that was involved. The Obama administration did nothing during that time. They did nothing. They said nothing under when John Podesti's emails were being hacked, again, with implications that Russia was behind it. So now they're calling for an investigation on in the middle of
3: December. A little too little, too late, maybe? Well, there's some whiplash there. There was definitely a lot of concern during the election that if Obama tried to intervene in a big public way against Russia, that it would look like he was unfairly trying to put his thumb on the scale for Hillary. Yeah. He was really yeah. trying to stay out of that. Uh, also concerns <laughs> about what kind of a reaction it would provoke from Russia. But I think the concerns about provoking a reaction from Russia have uh, been lowered Comparatively to the threat of, you know, letting the Trump administration come in with sort of a free hand to buddy up with with Russia. And now I think the Obama administration on the way out is trying to set down a marker that the United States does not tolerate this kind of stuff and at least put that evidence out there.
2: Now, it, it's also become pretty clear that we just for a long time haven't want, wanted any trouble from Russia. Right. You know, when Mitt Romney was running for president, he called them out as maybe our biggest geopolitical uh, foe. And he got laughed out of the election. Certainly, I mean, he's obviously to become president, but like nobody took that seriously at the time. And yet here we are, mm. and it looks like he was more right than wrong.
3: Right. Yeah. At the same time, the Obama administration is still trying to work with Russia on a whole host of other issues, most notably a ceasefire in Syria. So it's not like they can just say, you know, what these guys yeah. are bad actors. We're done dealing with them.
2: I heard we heard what uh, Eric Schultz said about not questioning the results, but. If 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 this turns out that they really were uh, bad actors in this place, and they really could have had some influence, is, is it? Could it possibly raise the question of the the legitimacy of this election?
3: Well, it's unclear, A, whether there was any interference that would have actually swayed the results enough to make a difference. It's hard to measure that, too. Very hard to measure that, yeah. The other thing that has been hard for the intelligence community to put their finger on is what exactly was the intent? Was the intent to help Trump or just to Mm -hmm. undermine the credibility of the election as a whole? And that's where it seems that the CIA and the FBI differ, that the CIA has
2: said definitely to influence the outcome. The FBI, we're not quite sure yet. Right, exactly. So, um, th- so when you you add all of this up, um, we've talked about the response on the part of the White House. Donald Trump's response, of course, is just to say, "Oh, it's ridiculous, the whole thing." Basically, throwing the CIA uh, under the bus for a president elect to dismiss
3: the work of the intelligence agencies. That's pretty serious stuff. It's stunning and alarming. Just in the past few minutes, Trump was tweeting that, you know, what if the tables were reversed and I had lost and I was trying to play the CIA card? You know, to which a lot of people are probably going to say, you know, the CIA is not a, a card that the president or a candidate plays. It's an intelligence agency, one that's relatively respected, that comes up with assessments about what they think is going on. So, um it's difficult to see, you know, coming into the administration, how how President-elect Trump's going to have a real functional relationship with, you know, one of the highest intelligence agencies that he's basically been calling into question the veracity of their of their assumptions in the last few days. So normally,
2: let leads to my next question, that normally um, the no matter whether Republican or Democrat. The president's principal point of contact with the intelligence agencies is the daily intelligence briefing. Um, Jamie, if we have uh, Chris Wallace ask President-elect Trump about that on Fox News Sunday yesterday uh, and Trump's classic response.
1: I get it when I need it.
2: But is, that, is there you know, some skepticism? It
1: I, first of all, these are very good people that are giving me the briefings. Yeah. And I say, if something should change from this point, immediately call me. I'm available on one minute's notice. I don't have to be told, you know, I'm like a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day for the next eight years. Could be eight years, but eight years. I don't need that.
2: Call me if you need me, but don't bother me with these daily briefings. I don't need that. The end of that clip, I don't need that. Oh, man. I don't need
1: that.
3: One could see this maybe being different if it was someone like Clinton or someone else who'd gotten a lot of these kind of briefings in the past, already kind of had a base level of understanding about what's probably in the reports and just needs kind of updates on it. But for Trump, there's an immense amount of information that he wouldn't have been privy to prior to being elected president, that it doesn't seem like he's probably had a chance to absorb all of that from the few briefings that he's had.
2: No. Right. He said like two or three that he's, since he's been elected, right? You you would think there's to be a wealth, as you say, a wealth of information all around the world that nobody is privy to except the president and the vice president maybe, right? That you you want to at least get up to speed, you know? Uh, And he's not even done that. But like we gave a little earlier, the president's schedule, as you know, because you follow it more closely than we, for the last couple of weeks, the only thing on his schedule has been the daily briefing, and then he's got other private meetings. Right? Not a lot of public events these days. Right. Uh, but even the, so, he
3: did, and George W. Bush did. They all got that daily briefing. Right. Right. And one of the things, you know, to, when he Trump argues that, you know, he he let me know if anything changes. A lot of times, the value of the the PDB, as they call it, the President's Daily Briefing, is that you get information that you don't necessarily know at that moment is going to become crucial. But it informs you so that later when something comes up, you already sort of have the background on it and we're tracking the threats as they emerged until the level where you needed to act on it. So, you know, one would think he'd want that kind of comprehensive understanding. So
2: we're probably going to see in, in this next administration the daily briefing will not be on the daily schedule.
3: Well, we don't know. I mean, it's possible that or, Trump wants oh, to sorry. take it once he once he's inaugurated, but isn't doesn't want to do it now. I mean, we really don't know. Uh, or he could delegate it to somebody else, right? Uh, uh, sensibly, yeah.
2: Yeah. Didn't he say, I think, a, a part of that interview was that... Uh, you, you,
3: Mike, that Mike Pence was getting Mike them. Pence yeah. was getting it. Yeah. so uh, <laughs> I've got other things to do. Man. Like,
2: I've got to run Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, so right. How can
3: I do the daily right. briefing?
2: <laughs> so um, the last time I saw you was at uh, the White House Christmas party for the media party last Wednesday evening. It was a great party. And um, the buzz at that party was, well, we all wanted to come because this is the last Christmas party with President Obama, holiday party with President Obama, and maybe even the last holiday party ever. <laughs> what do you th- what do you think is going to be the relationship? We know Donald Trump is no big fan of the media. Uh, wh- what's it going to be like covering the Trump White House? Do you think?
3: I think there are some conflicting predictions about how this will will work out. Certainly, it's going to be. More combative, adversarial. He's not afraid to very openly call out media that he doesn't like. We saw even just last night he was going after NBC's nightly news. So I think that the media is bracing for a more open revolt uh, between the White House and the press. On the other hand, you know... Will he hold news conferences? We don't know. I mean, he, in certain ways, he's actually been more transparent than a lot. I mean, he he's tended to take questions. He likes to sort of get in the mud and engage. But a formal
2: news conference, you know, in the East Room, right? we've had with President Obama?
3: You know, we don't know. Uh, he maybe will just give, you know, a lot of interviews to one network or the other, and Uh, Sort of hard to tell. He's not going to have the daily
2: press uh, intelligence briefings. It appears not from what I told Chris Wallace yesterday. Uh, There's another briefing that usually takes place once a day at the White House, the daily press briefing.
3: Uh, There's no requirement for the White House to do that. Nothing in law. Do you think they'll continue? I think they will probably find it useful to continue it if only because they it's as as we all know it's it's the place where they are able to dispense with questions that would otherwise be nagging them all day long so it's it tends to be more efficient for them than having to get 50,000 emails from reporters all day long about you know What's mm-hmm. happening with Russia, what else? But as you mentioned, the bre- the press briefing, having the White House, the press in the White House, having the press on Air Force One, these are all traditions. They're not in statute anywhere, and certainly the administration could dispense with them if like they chose Newt to. Newt
2: Gingrich said he ought to just disband the White House press corps.
3: Yeah, well, Newt Gingrich says, says a lot of things sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, Unlikely they'll do that. It, it probably depends just, on who he picks as his press secretary. That There's was my some, next question. His, yeah.
2: All right. The breaking news now. Look, We have some breaking news right now on the Bill Press Show from Josh Letterman. Who is going to be the next White House press secretary?
3: Well, I hate to break it to you, Bill. I don't think it's going to be you. Oh,
2: oh no. man.
3: Yeah. Uh, oh God, well, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. I really worked hard on that. Resume I know too. I, I know. I covered up all the liberal stuff. I just yeah. right. <laughs> we don't know. We know that there's been discussions with Laura Ingraham, which would be uh, probably concerning for a lot of reporters, and that you know she tends to be pretty outspoken in her criticism of the mainstream media. Uh, we know that there had been discussions with Kellyanne Conway for some type of a communications yeah, role. Yeah. looks like she probably won't take that. Uh, and there's also been a lot of speculation that Sean Spicer, the Republican National Committee spokesman and uh, communications director, uh, could also be considered for that role. Or
2: Jason Miller, maybe, the, who, who's press who's secretary. Who's a spokesman and for the, for the right.
3: campaign. Uh, also a possibility.
2: It's interesting that uh, I, I'd have to go back and
3: see when the press secretary
2: was named in previous administrations. But I find it interesting that we're this close now. the end of the year,
3: and we really don't know. We don't. We do know one thing that maybe is heartening for some reporters is that the transition (laughs) team has been holding a daily conference call with reporters, not a televised briefing, but at least a step in that direction. They're they're answering questions on the record once a day, which is at least, you know. Yeah, that's a good step, right. Yeah.
1: The Parting Shot with Bill Press is the Bill Press Show.
2: Now, you know, you can't expect a president to know everything about every possible threat that could come from anywhere on the globe. Um, But that's why they have daily intelligence briefings. 17 intelligence agencies, in fact. They all cooperate to give that president the daily briefing every single day. Well, that's the way it used to be, but as we just discussed with Josh Letterman, that's not the way it may be under Donald Trump. He already says he doesn't trust the intelligence agencies, and he told us over the weekend he doesn't want those intelligence briefings anyhow because he knows more than the intelligence agencies do. In other words, we've gone from a no nothing candidate to a no nothing president, and that is scary. That's it for today folks come back tomorrow this we'll be looking for you. This is the Rule Press show.